It's Resurrection Sunday. Come on, celebrate with me. Everything in Christianity is based on this one fact. Jesus Christ rose from his grave. Before any of this happened, he was just another man on the earth doing some amazing things until one thing changed, everything. Jesus literally, this actually happened, went into a tomb, he was beaten, tortured, and then he's assassinated. He's a dead man in this tomb. And then three days later, praise the Lord, Jesus literally walks out of the tomb alive. So we get to ask the question, where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Jesus has overcome. Somebody praise him out there with me. Celebrate. I can't hear you, but hit that like button, hit a share button, type in woohoo, whatever you want to do. It's a day we're celebrating. And What's really cool is this Easter Sunday, we are out here at the land. This is it, the promise of home, the very first service, the, the worship, all, all the messages happening right here. It's a great, huge hallmark of a day, April 4th, 2021. Our first service at the land happens to be just like this. By the way, big shout out to Bruno and Landon, our worship team, amazing job putting this entire service together. Easter Sunday, out here at the land, praise the Lord. I'm having a great time. By the way, next Sunday, April 11th, a huge update on where we are, all things land, building, groundbreaking, all that stuff. I hope that you join us next week, April 11th. But today it's Easter Sunday and I wanna talk to you today about a tomb that's not Jesus's tomb. It's actually a human's tomb. That way you and I can relate more. I don't know if we could relate to Jesus being in the tomb, but I can relate to another human being in the tomb because I would suggest this Easter Sunday morning that all of us have things in our lives that are entombed in some way. They're, they're dead in some way. We got hopes and relationships, finances, dreams, all of these things entombed in some way inside of us. Today's message is called The Derivative. It's an interesting message title. It's one I hope that you remember. It's not a very common word, but derivative means this, to receive or obtain from a source or origin. And, and an easier way to say it is this. We can say that this, whatever this is, derived came from that. This derived from that. This came from that. Case in point, the national condiment of the United States of America, ketchup. Where did that come from? I mean, ketchup is so popular. In my house, uh, we bought a shirt for Owen once that said, I put ketchup on my ketchup because the kid like took baths in ketchup. Some of you out there can uh, associate with that. Also, I believe like chicken nuggets and French fries, they're actually just food spoons. So kids can eat more ketchup. It's the national condiment, but this is the amazing part. Ketchup comes from China. You thought I was going to say tomatoes or something. It actually comes from China. China's taking over the United States of America through ketchup. Back in the 1690s, China developed the sauce of this. Listen, pickled fish and spices. And they called it koi chap. Ko chap, something like that. And that's what evolved eventually into our ketchup. Now, obviously, it has changed dramatically. Now, the recipe, if it was still pickled fish and spices, I don't think kids would eat ketchup, which means kids would never taste stuff like potatoes because they'd never eat a French fry without ketchup. Anyway, I want you to know ketchup is derived, is a derivative of that first Chinese sauce called ko chap. Try saying it, ko chap. There's also the concept of the best man uh, at, at a wedding. When the groom is standing there, you always got the best man standing right here. Now, where did that come from? 
Where do we get this idea? It's not just like your best friend standing there. Back in the day, the best man would have been standing right here and he would have had a sword in his hand. And he stands close to the groom just in case he needs to intercede with his blade because back in the day, this was a financial transaction between the husband's family and the wife's family. And if the father-in-law got like scared feet and was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. Or if a lovelorn uh, a former lover just wants to jump out of the ceiling and be like, I'm coming to take the bride. Then the groom, the, the best man would take his sword and defend the groom. Why is he called the best man? Because he was the best swordsman around. And then he had the other groomsmen with him. And they're not groomsmen as much as they are goonsmen. They're all there to whack anybody who's going to come and mess with this couple. The best man is a derivative, came from the idea of this best swordsman. So what on earth does all of this have to do with Easter Sunday? To do with Easter eggs, the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Now, follow me here and pay attention. I believe God brought you to watch this service for this very moment because I believe wholeheartedly if you had one thing, just this one thing, you'd have less anxiety and more peace, less fear, more faith, less confusion, more clarity, less anger, more grace, less wandering, and more purpose if you had this one thing. And here it is. If you had a true understanding of your identity. Just say that word out loud where you're sitting. Identity. In our world, we have a massive identity crisis happening on the planet. People are unsure. We're all unsure of where we came from, unsure of who we are now, unsure of where we're headed. We're unsure of what we are on the earth for. What's my purpose? And all of these uncertainties cause insecurity and fears to rise in us, which then causes each of us when we're insecure and fearful to lash out. We just start lashing out, saying thanks, typing stuff on social media, and then comes the division. And this morning, I don't want to drag us down into the mire of the current status of our world, but suffice it to say this, it ain't bright and cheery out here, right? There's a lot of friction in the earth, in the people of the earth. Now, it seems so unstable out there in the world because I want to suggest to you, we are unstable in here. We have the identity crisis. So in this series, here's what we're going to do. Over the next seven weeks, we're going to look at who you truly are, not by studying you. Now, we're not going to look at you, but we're going to study your source, what you derived from, your origin. You came from that. Really, you came from God. And here's the big picture this Easter morning. If I can help you understand who God is, I can help you understand who you are and give you stability, give you identity in your life. In fact, this entire series is called, I am, you are. God says, I am, and because of it, you are. God is I am, and we are the you are. On this Resurrection Sunday, it only fits to start with the section of the Bible where Jesus addresses resurrection. And remember, I told you we're going to be looking at a human's tomb. The human's name is Lazarus. And in the story we're about to read, Lazarus has died. His sister Martha had asked Jesus to come and heal Lazarus because Jesus was best buddies with all of them, Lazarus, Mary, Martha. But for whatever reason, known to God, Jesus delayed going. He didn't go and heal Lazarus. So Lazarus has died. And we pick this up in the Gospel of John, the 11th chapter, verse 17 through 27. Uh, read along with me. The verse will be there on, on the screen. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Make note of that, in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany, where they were, was less than two miles 
from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to comfort Mary and Martha in their loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, Martha replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God who is to come into the world. God bless the reading of his word. In in the scripture, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. My question this morning is if Jesus is the resurrection and the life, what does that make you? This, you, comes from that. And that over here is the resurrection and the life. That is what you have derived from. So we got to figure out what this means for us. And to do that, we got to look at what it meant for Martha to whom Jesus actually spoke it to. And we got to pay close attention to Martha's mindset as she's discussing this with Jesus because it just may be our mindset as well this morning. As you can imagine, Martha's upset that things didn't turn out how she expected. She wanted Lazarus to live. She even suggested this. God, Jesus, if you had been here, things might have been different. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. Like, God, if you'd been here, you, you would have rescued me during COVID or saved my job or saved my marriage. Like, where were you? And Jesus essentially says back to Martha and even says this to us, hey, it's going to be okay. You can trust me. And here's Martha's reply. Remember verse 24, she answered, I know, I know that. Like, I know that Lazarus will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I know that. And we need to just do a deep dive here for just a second on this concept of the resurrection in the last day. What on earth is that? Like, great, we read it in the Bible. Well, what does it mean? Well, the Jewish people believed based on the Old Testament writings that there was a day coming when everyone who had already died would rise. Everybody, good and bad. The good would go to be with the Lord and the bad, well, not so good. This is the actual scripture. Daniel chapter 12, verse two reads, and many who sleep in the dust of the earth, that are those that have been dead and buried, those who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake some to everlasting life, but others to shame and everlasting contempt. And what Mary has said here is basically, I believe this scripture, that there is a resurrection coming. I believe it. But here's the problem. This resurrection in the last day is an event that is so far off in the future. It's so remote from my present life, so distant, that it's powerless to comfort Martha right here, right now. It's, it seems powerless to change the circumstances of where she finds herself. Her brother is still dead in the tomb. And this very beautiful thing happens. Perhaps the most essential utterance, the, the most powerful thing that Jesus ever said in the Bible, he says this, I am the resurrection and the life. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. That's awesome, Jesus. You're the resurrection of life. But here's the truth. I don't, I don't know what that means, Jesus. I'm glad that you said it, but I don't really know what it means. So let's just take a moment and look at these two precious words. First of all, the word resurrection. The root of this word resurrection is surrection, 
which means arising. You've heard of the word insurrection. That is a violent uprising. We see this on the earth today. Well, resurrection means arising again, to be standing up again. Most specifically, resurrection means, and you know this, a return to life. Something that was alive, died, and now is returning to life. Now, what about the word life? Life, and forgive me for using the word in the definition, but life pertains to everything that lives. But here's what's so crucial. The term life is rooted in the concept that life is derived. Life comes from something else. It exists only because of source. Most specifically, life only exists because of the sustainer of life. This comes from that. Well, life came from the creator and sustainer of life. God is the source of all life, of your life. He is the originator and you are the outcome. You are the derivative. Now remember, derivative means something that receives or attains something from a source or an origin. So when Jesus says, I am, he is saying, I am the source. Now pay attention here. The I of I am, when Jesus says, I am, I, I means I and I only. I and none other. Nothing else provides resurrection and life except for Jesus. Nothing. And then he says, I am. Well, what am he? (laughs) That's bad English, but you understand what I'm saying. What is Jesus? Jesus is the source, meaning Jesus doesn't need to go get this from somewhere else. Jesus doesn't need a tool to help him. Jesus doesn't need any help whatsoever. I am. Jesus is the fullness of the resurrection and life. Let me explain it to you this way. Compare it to a doctor. A doctor is awesome, wonderful. I love the medical profession. But a doctor isn't the healing, but a dispenser of the tools of healing, like pills, surgery, a cast, whatever the case may be. Those are the healing tools, and the doctor administers them. When Jesus says, I am the resurrection of life, Jesus is saying, I am the pills, I am the surgery, or I am the cast, I am the healing. Now, have you ever seen those guys on the side of the road, not not an actual human, but one of those puffy inflatable dudes who does like this? (laughs) I hope I look as silly as I feel. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Those guys trying to get attention to the bowling alley or the come buy chicken over here, whatever the case may be, you know, right? That guy is nothing without the fan that's at his feet. And when that fan is activated, life comes into his body. And I'm telling you this very Easter morning, Jesus is the fan. Jesus is the electricity and Jesus is the air. Everything that it takes to make that man come to life and do his shaky body thing and make you look over here, over here, over here. Jesus is the source. There's no life without the source. All right, now let's get back to Martha. She's thinking based on what she says, yes, I believe in the resurrection and all that's happening at the last day. Her hope lies far away. Really, because it's so far away, it feels like an unattainable hope to her. And Jesus says back to her, Martha, hope isn't far off. Hope is standing right here in front of you. Jesus says essentially that the one who will raise billions of souls to life in the last day, when those that are in the dust wake up from their sleep, those billions of people, when they're awoken to life, the one doing all that is standing right here in front of you now. And by the way, 
these people who've been dead, some of them have been dead and buried in the earth for over 2 million days, roughly 6,025 year old earth. You multiply 365, you do all the math. Some people have been dead a super long time. And Jesus says in the last day, I will raise them to life with no problem. Be super easy for me. So I think I can handle Lazarus being in the tomb for four days. I, I can handle that, Jesus says. Martha, what you need to know, as darkness yields to light, so death yields to life. And life, Martha, is standing right here in front of you. What you need is me. I am here. And then Jesus asked Martha the so important question that I'm going to ask you as well today. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And Martha confesses that she does believe. And boom, you may know the rest of the story. Jesus tells them to take away the stone. He calls Lazarus to come forth. Dead people can't roll away their own stone. So his buddies roll away the stone. And Lazarus comes walking out of the tomb. He's resurrected, standing up again, full of life. That which is dead is alive again. What a great story. My friends, this Easter Sunday, I've come to tell you this truth. What you need is present right here for you today. Whatever circumstance that you're walking through, the hope isn't far off, someday distant in the future. The resurrection and the life is with you today. Therefore, your identity, should you choose it to be, is as one brought back to life, whatever area of your life, brought back to life, and not just any life, but abundant life in Jesus Christ. Let me just ask you this question. I just said it a minute ago, but you really need to process this. Do you believe this? Do you believe that the resurrection and the life that is found in Jesus can bring back whatever's been dead in your life, your job, your marriage, your relationships, your finances, your health, whatever it may be, even your faith. Do you believe that the resurrection and the life can breathe back into life that thing of yours? When Martha yielded her faith, and declared, she said, I know that you are the Messiah. The miracle happened. So let me ask you, when is the last time you were truly yielded to the power and presence of Jesus? Like fully, every part of you yielded to the great I am. I said it earlier, everything about Easter Sunday, everything about Christianity hinges on the fact that Jesus rose from the grave overcame sin and death in that moment and took authority over sin and death. What makes it powerful is that he rose by himself. It wasn't a resuscitation. It was a resurrection. Jesus raising in his own power. Jesus rolled away his own stone. But Lazarus needed someone else to roll his stone away. And so do we. This morning, my prayer is that whatever you've been waiting for, Whatever's been dead in your life that you think may be too far gone or maybe down the road it's going to get better, whatever the case may be, this Easter Sunday, would you allow Jesus to walk right into you, right into your presence and to say, the resurrection and the life is here, present for you to come and have relationship with and to breathe life back into dead spaces, to roll away the tomb in your life and for you to walk out into newness and victory of life. Let me pray for you and let you just answer the question, do you believe this? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this victorious Easter Sunday morning. You are a good and mighty king, and you came to the earth to deliver us from sin. And that moment you stepped out of the tomb, 
you declared for all history, sin is defeated. You are the resurrection and the life. And because of it, God, we take hope in our spirit that you can bring back to life anything in us that's dead. If you can come back to life yourself, if you can conquer sin and death, then surely you can conquer whatever it is in me that feels broken, hurt, wounded, dead. Lord, I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus that you would extend your power upon the people watching this today, that as they yield to you, they believe upon you, that you would reach into their very life and begin to breathe life into those dead spaces. That's what Easter is about, Lord. That's what you came to do, to give life and life to the full. And just as you're listening to me pray, you need to answer the question for yourself. Do you believe this? Do you believe that he is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that he is able to bring back to life that which has been wounded inside of you? He's a good father. He wants to tend to your soul and give you abundant life. If you've received this into your spirit, would you hit that like button, type something in there like yes and amen. The Lord is breathing life into me this Easter morning. This is not just a tradition that we gather on Easter, but it is a moment for us to meet with Almighty God and to have him change our lives. Amazing grace. This is amazing grace. Forever may our chains be gone. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, God bless you.